BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Here at How to Money, we're always encouraging listeners to think about some of the different ways they can earn some money on the side to reach their financial goals. And guess what? While you're away, your home could also earn extra income. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. Yeah, hosting is a lot easier than you might think, and you don't need to Airbnb a whole house. You can just host your extra spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. Today we're discussing quitting your job, micro-weddings, and a hefty credit card sign-up bonus. All right, Joel, we're going to talk about those stories, plus a bunch more on our Friday flight. That's our Friday episode where we talk about the different articles that we came across this week and how they pertain to our money. But first, man, had I ever shared that uh, we spent some of our Stimmy money on this uh, KitchenAid mixer uh, no. back in the spring? I know you got your, your fancy new uh, gravel bike, and well, yeah. you've been enjoying that. So, so that was, yeah, that was my splurge, I guess, well last year but kate was kind of eyeing a new mixer right so everybody got into making breads kate's been making breads for years she's way ahead of the curve she's too cool (laughs) doing it before it was hip (laughs) but the old mixer that she she had like her grandmother's mixer uh it was an old KitchenAid mixer and it just wasn't doing uh what she needed it to do i'd actually repaired it multiple times is that a bread joke right there what she needed it oh man i'm so dad and i didn't (laughs) even realize it (laughs) but even after multiple repairs uh it continues to break because she's just like overloading it honestly with the amount of dough that she she puts in it uh and so yeah we got one of these like super nice like massive KitchenAid mixers and you wouldn't be surprised that a few months after we got it a little mailer showed up in the mailbox uh, saying that we should sign up for KitchenAid's extended service warranty plan. And I think a lot of folks might see that and think, yeah, we just dropped, I mean, it was like around 500 bucks <laughs> that we dropped. This That's was an expensive, an expensive mixer. <laughs> high-end mixer. And some folks would say, yeah, we, we got to re- 
protect that thing. Uh, but Kate and I, we were talking about it, and I was explaining why we did need to do that. First of all, you've got the manufacturer's warranty, right? And so, literally, the first year you pay for on that service plan, it's just money that you're paying that you're not receiving any real benefit from. Secondly, the manufacturer's warranty gets extended by the credit card that we put it on. A lot of credit cards have that as a benefit. Yeah, yeah. That additional year of warranty is definitely one of the perks of paying with a credit card. Exactly. And I mean, and then, you know, as we're talking about it too, we just can't insure all the things in our lives, right? Oftentimes we just need to self-insure by just having money on hand, whether that's in an emergency fund or just basically taking the risk that, hey, there's a chance this might break. And if so, we're going to see how much it's worth it yeah. <laughs> to, to us in order to fix that thing. But obviously having a quality product like like they make, we're not expecting it to break anytime soon. The one that we had been using, I mean, it's been around for you know, 30, 40, 50 years. And I know they say that they don't make them like they used to, but we're not expecting this thing to go out anytime soon. Just putting that out there because there are a lot of different options for folks to consider other than going ahead and writing that check for, oh, let's go ahead and do five years at a time because we're <laughs> it's even less per year if we were to do that as opposed to you know just a single year. Yeah. I remember a while back we did an episode called You're Probably Underinsured, like why you're probably underinsured. And there are definitely a few types of insurance that people really need and, and some types of insurance that maybe people have that they need more of. But one of the types of insurance that we talked about in that episode that is the worst kind of insurance to buy is an extended service warranty. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the, the numbers just don't work most of the time. Finding those simple ways, like which credit card you pay with, to extend the warranty that you're already given through the manufacturer is the way to go. And it's not that nobody ever uses the service warranty. Some people get value out of it, but it's a small percentage. There's always going to be somebody that says, well, no, no, no. Like (laughs) We we bought that thing, and like two years later, we totally put that thing in use, and it would have costed us 100 bucks. Yeah, and and kudos to those people. (laughs) (laughs) They got lucky, I'd say. And, And most people, though, should be foregoing that additional manufacturer's warranty because they're never going to see a return on it. And yeah, it's better just to, like you said, self-insure, keep some cash on hand. That's right. And just take care of your things as well, right? <laughs> yeah. like, like, we're definitely going to make sure we don't overload <laughs> this mixer, but I don't even think it's possible, given how big this thing is. Well, I hope that this mixer is able to be handed down to your kids, Ooh. just like you know, Kate's mixer was from her grandma. Two generations. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. So let's let's keep moving. Joel, you know, you officially stepped away from your full-time day job uh, in radio earlier this year, right? Sure uh, did. kind of been transitioning out of it there for a while. Well, dude, last weekend, I shot what will likely be my last wedding that I will ever cover. Yeah, thank you. A little (laughs) little applause for me there. It's a little surreal, you know, fully making that transition to a a new job, a new career. Uh, But, you know, I've definitely been ready for it. Yeah, you haven't really been doing weddings for quite some time. You had like a couple that you lined up a long time ago. Exactly. So this was the last one. So we really have been only focusing on how to money for for quite some time now. Um, But yeah, this was just kind of the last remnant of the weddings that you booked. And man, I'm I'm glad for you because it is nice just to kind of have, be able to be like solely focused on one thing. Yes. Well, I still got to get the editing done. So (laughs) (laughs) it's still like on my mind a little bit, but as far as actually like being there in person, right? Uh, But you know, not only does this make sense for me, like on a personal level, it's something I was wanting to get out of, but from like a financial and a business standpoint as well, you know, it's, it's no surprise that the the wedding and events industry took a huge hit last year. Uh, but, you know, some very small weddings, they still carried on. And then with that, it's pretty clear now that micro weddings are here to stay. 
But man, even before the pandemic, the industry started shrinking based on the Knots annual real wedding survey. The average cost of, of weddings has been dropping since 2016. Uh, and that's when like a little over $35,000. That's what most folks were paying for their weddings on average. And guest counts have actually been going down evidently too since 2007. Oh, wow. Which is ironically enough when Kate and I got married. And I feel like <laughs> we were at the peak of like big weddings back when we got married as it's babies. Like, it's like I'm inviting everyone I've ever met in my life. That's totally true. I mean, literally, it seems like everybody we knew in college was invited <laughs> because yeah, we, your mom's like, Matthew, aren't you going to invite your third cousin who you met that one time yeah, <laughs> back in 1999? Uh, but yeah, I, I mentioned that because I think this is a good trend for couples who are thinking about getting married and, and you know throwing the most expensive party of their lives. Hopefully, this is encouraging for them to know that they don't have to spend a fortune to get married. Uh, I think folks should consider a small backyard wedding with just their you know closest friends friends and their families. I definitely think there is a trend away from those very large and extravagant weddings. There will always be really nice weddings out there. Don't get me wrong. But as far as that being kind of the acceptable way to you know throw a wedding, I, I feel like those days might be in the rear view mirror. Yeah. And I think it's important for us to, like we've said throughout this process, for us to be able to take some positive change in our life away from this last year and a half almost of, of COVID. And this is one of those positive changes, I think, where people are going to have smaller weddings, spend less money on weddings. Weddings are great. And they're a day that they should be celebrated with some close people that you care about. But at the same time, they don't need to cost a fortune. Yeah, I think a lot of those weddings were that where folks still had them and it was in the sizes were reduced down to just a couple dozen folks. Those folks were probably really happy with yeah. how they actually end up you know, painting out. So this actually makes me wonder too. I've got like ten to fifteen thousand dollars worth of photography gear. <laughs> uh, and now the question eBay. is Yeah, like what do I do with it? I mean is it eBay? But I'm also thinking through how I don't necessarily want to have to go through the ordeal of like shipping something, but I like I know I would get more money by listing on eBay. I just need to make sure I'm not being lazy and just post it like in, in a neighborhood Facebook group <laughs> where I'm right. getting like pennies on the dollar for it, right? But of course, I am going to keep some basic gear because I still enjoy shooting, but just I don't need all the fancy lighting equipment and all those yeah really expensive lenses. There you go. Well, I hope you're able to sell it and make decent money from it. Thanks, man. Because yeah, you just quit weddings, man. Yeah. Like let us sink in. That's pretty dope. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> and on a related note, Matt, let's talk about jobs overall because interestingly enough, it's not just you quitting your job. A lot of people yeah, a lot of folks are quitting, are their, quitting jobs. their jobs right now. Or thinking about it, at least. Yeah, right? it's, it's been called the Great Resignation. And yeah, people are quitting their jobs in record numbers. There are a few different surveys that have actually been conducted recently showing that somewhere between 25 and 40% of workers are considering handing in their two-week notice and quitting their job right now. That's a, a huge percent of the population. And I think like one in three people, like your office mates, they might not be there much longer. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> kind of sitting there staring at the ceiling. Hmm. <laughs> Where can I go next? Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, that, that raises the question, like, is this a good thing? And well, it depends on like what perspective you're taking. I think, it, you know, it's only smart to quit your job if you've got something else lined up or if you have plenty of savings on hand to be able to absorb a few jobless months. But this could be great news for lots of folks, I think, who've had a lot of time to think long and hard about what they want their life and their work, work life to look like, right? There's just, a, like we said, a lot of lessons that we can gain from the past year and a half of COVID. And people should be making concrete uh, changes in their lives at this point based on what we've learned. I think maybe, you know, if we were making a change back in like, 
like June of last year, it's one thing, right? We're making a maybe a fearful decision based on the current circumstances. But now yeah, that there's a lot of emotions at play when you're in the you know smack middle of a pandemic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but now you know I think we've had enough chance to say, okay, how do I want my life to change? Mm-hmm. How do I want it to look moving forward? And if quitting your job is part of that, um, and you have the financial resources or to do that, or you have the resume to be able to find something that is going to be a better fit for you, then yeah, we say go for it. And at the same time, Matt, leaving your job for another job is the quickest way to make more money too. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, it's good for the economy as a whole as well, right? Like from a productivity standpoint, if folks are shuffling around from one job to another or from one industry to another because they find more happiness there or maybe they're just better at it, like that's just good for productivity levels (laughs) and and for the economy to grow uh, as a whole. But yeah, you know, there are also more now hiring signs up. So it's easier to find another job if that is what you're after. It's a good thing for folks uh, to want a change of scenery, uh, but because there aren't enough workers out there to fill many of the jobs that are available, uh, some employers are having to step up their game. Uh, the New York Times had an interesting article documenting the creativity that HR departments are having to bring in order to attract new workers. We've already uh, seen different sign-up bonuses being a thing in many industries. Did you see how uh, Applebee's had this program that they called Apps for Apps? <laughs> it's a <basically> free advertiser <laughs> if you throw an application yeah, away. and it was crazy successful. They were hoping to get like 10,000 applicants. They got four, like over 40,000 people filling out applications and submitting their resumes. I would say that that was an overwhelming success. <laughs> Although maybe folks were just wanting like the mozzarella sticks. I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been in an Applebee's. Same here. So you might be able to get paid more, but you will also likely see other nice incentives dangled before you, even like scholarships uh, for different family members, which isn't something that companies have really ever done. Uh, salary is obviously an important part of a job offer, but definitely pay attention to the other perks when you're job hunting as well. Some of those additional benefits that you could receive for other members in your family could easily make one opportunity stand head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah, mozzarella sticks, that's a, that's that's, a small part. It's nice. <laughs> but a scholarship for your partner to go back to school uh, to drastically lower the costs of, of that uh, education, that's a much bigger perk. Yeah, but <laughs> come on. Like, when's the last time you had mozzarella sticks? Like, didn't that sound so good right now? Like, some mozzarella sticks, some marinara? Not, not my jam, buddy. What? You never dug those? Like, I never did mozzarella sticks. Really? No. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I think I ate the boneless wings there, but yeah, I don't know if I ever had the mozzarella sticks. <laughs> I'm not sure which one's worse, actually, for you. <laughs> the cheese or the boneless meat. Well, here's here's another thing worth noting while we're talking about jobs, finding a new job, is that some folks are actually going to need to acquire new skills in order to get some of the jobs that are out there. The gap between where you are and the job that you want could be as big as getting an advanced degree, which obviously takes time, takes years. But often the skills that you're going to need for a lot of the jobs that you're interested in are actually much easier to get. So yeah, there might be like a single self-paced course that you need to take, or maybe you just need to work on some of the soft skills that are going to help you land the job that you're you're hoping for, like you know, in- getting your resume looking better uh, or increasing your ability to interview well. Um, you know, pivoting in your career or changing employers could be easier and more lucrative for you right now. But you also might have to step up your game in order to take advantage of some of these opportunities. Right. So some companies right now are saying we're going to offer these extra perks uh, if you come work here. But at the same time, you have to be qualified. And so it's going to be really important uh, to make sure that you have the qualifications necessary for the job you're looking to land. Yeah. And getting some of that training can be as simple as uh, going to Goodwill. And so, Joel, I say Goodwill and you probably think... 
like cheap t-shirts, right? Oh yeah, I got a <laughs> bunch of colas in my drawer. Yeah, but no, they've got this training and career advancement program where participants can go and get some some legitimate, serious job skills training. Uh, and like you said, a lot of it can be some of those softer skills like interviewing. But they've also partnered with Google, uh, and so folks can go in there and go through some of these certificate courses. And there's an example in in the story that we're talking about here. There is a lady who w- went through that program, and then after that was hired by Google. Uh, she bought her own house. She's got an acre of land. She started her own nonprofit in her own hometown where she lives. Truly amazing. You always kind of see those signs in the windows at, at Goodwill where it's just like job training. And I've never really thought through what that actually means. But after digging on their sites, I was seriously impressed. So we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes if that's something that sounds interesting to you. Yeah, that definitely seems like a cool program. And it could be helpful to a lot of folks yeah. who, who are looking to kind of, you know, get, get into a more lucrative line of work or just do something more interesting because they're they're bored doing what they're doing now. Yes. And uh, Matt, let's talk about paying for college for a second. Uh, one of my favorite financial websites, Morningstar, they do a, a great job keeping uh, everyone, all of us consumers up to speed on which 529 plans are the best. They kind of release ratings every single year. And they actually just came out with a, a really helpful article about where you should go to sign up for a 529 plan if you're interested. And I know recently we talked about on the show that saving for college is overrated. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, we we knocked it hard. (laughs) We still stand by that. (laughs) We agree. You should, of course, be more focused on building up your retirement nest egg in tax-advantaged accounts before you start saving for your child's future education needs. But there are still some solid reasons to contribute to a 529 plan. And if that's something you're financially ready for, where you open that account can make a really big difference in how much you're able to save for your kid's future. You want to make sure you're getting the tax benefits if your state offers them. Um, And you want to make sure you're not paying unnecessary fees by opening up that 529 account in the wrong place. Yeah, it's, it's best to invest directly through your own state's website instead of going through a third party uh, like a bank or a broker, a financial advisor. And that will ensure that you aren't paying any fees needlessly because 529 plans are just really easy to uh, set up on your own. And also, man, you know, speaking of paying for college, Parent PLUS loans are pretty terrible. The, the, <laughs> the New York Times, they ran a story about how awful they are. Uh, and we totally agree. Parents should think long and hard uh, before taking on college debt for their kids via one of those loans. Uh, These Parent PLUS loans now make up nearly 25% of new student loan borrowing, so it seems like they're on the rise. But they come with higher interest rates, they come with worse terms, uh, and the thing is, there's very little actual underwriting that takes place when parents are approved for these loans. Institutions aren't checking whether or not these parents can actually pay for the loans. It's not like uh, getting a mortgage, right? Right. Where they're, you know, they want to know everything about you, especially... We're going to appraise the house, and we want to see, like, your last... uh, like 20 your, years tax returns. Yes, yeah. <laughs> what, what's, what's your cash flow look like? Yeah. Where did that deposit come from? Especially if you own your own business. <laughs> they want to know all your details, but it's virtually the opposite of that when it comes to these different Parent PLUS loans. So if you are considering one of those, think twice. Yeah, yeah. A lot of parents unwittingly take on these loans. They just assume it's a good thing to help you know finance their kids' education, but it comes back to bite them and it can really, really hurt their finances over the long run. And by the way, when it comes to looking up 529 plans, Morningstar is a great website to go to to kind of dig deeper. Saving for College is another just awesome website. We'll link to those in the show notes. But if you're yeah, trying to do the research and figure out which college savings plan is going to be the best for me, those are two resources we'd recommend you check out. All right, we got more to get to on this episode, including the uh, best credit card signup bonus we've seen in a long time. (laughs) We'll talk about that and more right after this break. Jill, I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about. 
getting your books together with, uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes, for instance. That's something we've been in the middle of. But it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000, 25, and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. (laughs) Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash howtomoney for 10% off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust and Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. Hey folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly, probiotic tea that's good for your gut. 
It's blended with real fruit juice and it's super thirst quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon I'll have some. It's super easy and it's affordable too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. All right, we are back. This is our Friday flight, and Joel, it is now time for our ludicrous headline of the week. Of the week. <laughs> I don't know if anybody can even hear that. I just whispered it. That was for all of our ASMR fans out there. <laughs> uh, and if you don't know what that is, we're not going to explain it to you, but you can Google it. Uh, all right. Here is our article uh, this week, which is Georgia County expects to make millions from speed cameras. Joe, this is from our local paper, the AJC. They wrote uh, a, an in-depth story on the counties in Georgia that are using these uh, these different speed cameras. And we apologize to our listeners. We're sorry to be Georgia specific here. But speed cameras are being used uh, in communities across 16 different states. Yeah, so this applies to a lot of people. Yeah. Even, even though this specific article was about our state. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, since... Speed traps uh, and speed cameras are a pain point <laughs> for a lot of folks, uh, especially folks who are late to the beach, maybe. <laughs> got a late start to uh, pack in the car. Been there, trying to forget about it. Yeah, because of that, this, this felt like something worth talking about. And so on one hand, the, the argument for these cameras, of course, is that these speed cameras, they reduce crashes and fatalities because folks are driving slower. That's a great thing. But those speed cameras can also uh, be used as a money grab on the citizens who, who live in that community where they are being put up. One small community in Georgia wrote 30,000 tickets in three months right after putting up their cameras. Uh, and of course, yeah, that's a massive increase in revenue. And because of that, there have been a lot of criticisms of these cameras. And that's part of why we wanted to talk about it today. Yeah, I can understand why people, uh, people don't like them. <laughs> and yeah. they're not my favorite thing either. I got to say, too, if I were a citizen living where uh, speed cameras, red light cameras are going up, I'd at least want to know where that revenue is going. Because oftentimes your local municipality They've quickly got more money because of these things, right? And so I just want to know, like, where's the money go? Are we spending more money on education now or infrastructure? Is anything meaningful? <laughs> or, well, yeah, where is the money going? I think that's a really important question for citizens to ask when uh, these cameras are being installed. Yeah, and luckily, too, I mean, specific to this story, they weren't going towards salaries or any benefits of employees yeah. who were making the decision to implement these cameras, which I think is a, a good thing. Yeah, obviously. yeah, yeah, for sure. And, yeah, I think, too, one of the ways that your local town or city can make it a little more palatable is to make the first ticket cost very little or even nothing. Um, I think even just getting that warning in the mail with the picture of your car can be a game changer for how people drive. Just that first one and you're like, oh, they caught like, me. Like, Whoa, that's me. That's the back of my car. Yeah. And even if it's for zero dollars, but it says, yeah, yeah. we caught you this time. Uh, you know, We're not going to find you anything. Here's the deal. Next time it's going to cost 80 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it is. Um, I think that's a better way to handle it. And I think it helps show citizens that we really are about saving lives here, making our streets safer. That's the goal behind these cameras. And so I think that should be reflected maybe even in how those like first citations are handed out. Yeah, it can be like a little warning shot across the bow, right? <laughs> <laughs> no need to penalize me so severely just yet. Uh, and I, I'm also going to be more for it, too, because they specifically are putting these up in school zones, right? And so if you're looking to reduce the speed of cars 
driving through different school zones as kids are, you know, walking home from school or biking. I mean, yeah, cars need to be going the speed limit, at least, uh, if not slower when it comes to school zones, because we want to make sure that our kids aren't getting freaked out. And of course, we don't want anybody to get injured. And, you know, it also might make sense for folks who live in places with these speed cameras to maybe fight this technology with some of their own tech, uh, specifically different apps on your phone. I'm thinking of like the Waze app, which can alert you to speed traps, speed cameras in the area. Uh, but also, man, just drive the speed limit, right? Because if you do that, like you don't have to worry about getting a ticket if you just obey the law. <laughs> you'll avoid those tickets, you'll avoid those points against your record, and you'll save money on gas as well. When you speed, it costs you more money. Yeah, one of the one of the guys quoted in an article where speed cameras were put up in his community was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just getting these citations in the mail on an almost daily basis now, <laughs> and it's pretty frustrating. And I was like, you, you didn't change your behavior? I feel <laughs> starting to zero get... sympathy for that idiot. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> at, a certain po- at some point, you say, I'm going to start driving differently because I'm really tired of like the fi- like how- Who can afford it, right? You can't keep up with it. Exactly. All right. And, and eventually, I'm sure you get your license taken away. <laughs> uh, but while we're talking about cars, Matt, too, let's offer some good news. It turns out that vehicles are lasting longer these days. Overall, the quality of cars has been improving. And the average age of cars now on the road is just over 12 years old. That's according to a new study from IHS. And yeah, whereas people used to think of a car getting old when it hit 100,000 miles on the odometer. I think some people still think of it that way, and we want to change their minds on that. Uh, IHS said it's more common for cars to make it to 200,000 miles these days. But uh, one more thing they found in that study, though, which wasn't so great. So I was excited that cars are lasting longer. Yeah, that's great news. Then I read this thing, and I was a little bummed out, is that uh, more families have an extra vehicle in their garage than they used to. So the total number of vehicles in the U.S. (laughs) has increased by 10% over the last eight years. So That's that's ridiculous. That's not good. Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So I think our takeaway is basically own fewer vehicles. Now is the perfect time to sell one of your vehicles oh my if you're interested because used car prices have obviously skyrocketed over the past year. So get rid of one if you have an extra one. And don't be afraid to hold on to your car even longer, even as the mileage is getting up there. 200,000 miles, it's not a stranger to get to 200,000 miles. I'm planning on getting there with my minivan, oh, yeah. and I'm, I think I'm probably uh, five years away from that. Nice. So yeah, take <laughs> care of your car, keep it on the road, and have fewer cars. It's going to make a difference in your personal finances in a big way. Yeah, and I was surprised to see that the average age of vehicles on the road right now is 12 years. Specifically because our van, Hal, uh, is younger than that, right? And so, like, this is one way that I feel kind of spendy. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, who am I? But then I make myself feel a little bit better that we don't have two or three cars. Yeah, yeah, just (laughs) one. That helps. Uh, I can justify it a little bit. Uh, So, speaking of spending, man, the great reopening, uh, that's what we're calling it, right? Folks are getting back out into the world. They're spending money. It continues. And restaurants are back. Kate and I actually had a nice date uh, last night. You came over, watched the kiddos uh, while they were sleeping. And Kate and I sat out on a patio to nice local restaurant. By the way, your kids weren't sleeping. They were messing with me the whole time, which was fine. I, lo- I love them. They're great. I think it's because you don't rule with an iron fist. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you want to watch some basketball? <laughs> but for the first time in quite a while, uh, Americans are back to spending more at bars and restaurants than they spent at grocery stores. And that's according to the latest retail sales data. Uh, this is good news for the economy as a whole. And this is great news for our local favorite restaurants who have uh, stuck it through. But one of the most interesting anecdotes uh, from that data is that grocery spending, it didn't drop as people went out to eat more. So it showed that Americans are spending close to 15% more on their groceries. uh, And that's after they have resumed their going out to eat spending, which is kind of like, okay, 
there's going to come a time when you realize that you're spending a lot more money every single month. But, but it seems like folks haven't yet realized that. Yeah, you can't keep spending as much as you were on groceries and resume <laughs> eating out to the level that you were. And well, you can, but then... Uh, <laughs> At some point, somebody's got to pay the piper, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Something's going to have to change in your budget. Yeah, right now, both are high. Um, and again, just a note, you know, we love our local restaurants, but make sure that... You know, as you are starting to eat out more, as that's becoming a, a more normal thing again, that you don't start spending money like crazy just across the board. You know, maybe you're going out to eat in restaurants and now you're also budgeting, uh, getting ready to spend real big on some travel, right? Make some changes to your budget if you need to. But yeah, watch out for overspending. No doubt. And on the note of overspending, Matt, uh, the Washington Post had a great article the other day about how everything is becoming a subscription. And it feels true. It feels like we're living in the era of the subscription where every business wants to sell us a product and for us to pay for it on a monthly installment basis or or just have this ongoing relationship with us where they're in our pockets, Netflix style, right? Yeah. And yeah, we, we talked about this recently, actually, with you getting Excel and instead Microsoft of buying Excel. it once, being done, it's like... Now they want you to pay either on a yearly or monthly basis in order to be able to use that program for budgeting that you love. Yeah. Oh, dude, I love it. It's <laughs> very important in yeah. our business. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, it, it, what's funny is I feel like like brands, it seems that they're positioning it almost like, a, no, we want to be in relationship with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you want a relationship with my money. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's all you care about. It's like a leech style yeah. relationship. <laughs> You're sucking me dry. Exactly. And, and people are forking over you know, money for subscriptions to things like meal service, a lot of streaming services and even car washes. Like, I mean, there's just so many different things that you can now pay a subscription for instead of buying it once and moving along. And I think yeah, one of the things that's important for folks to remember is that it can be easy to forget about some of the subscriptions that we've signed up for. And then also it can be difficult to cancel a subscription that we signed that we signed up for. I, I've noticed this before that you have to call a phone number. <laughs> you signed up for that subscription online, but then to cancel it, they want to make you wait on hold and talk to a person so that they can try to convince you to keep it. They're like, hey, if you want to cancel, write us a letter. <laughs> uh, send us a fax. Yeah. <laughs> Canceling has to be done via carrier pigeon, but which is ridiculous. Light a fire and send us a smoke signal. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I think it's just important to note that as subscriptions have become kind of normal in how we operate with businesses, it's important for you to keep track of the subscriptions that you have and make sure you do the old school thing. Check your bank and credit card statements every month to see if maybe there's a subscription that you're paying for that's taking money out of your account because you know you, you set it on automated payments and they're doing that every month and you forgot about it. So it's important to take that look at your statements so you can know, okay, actually I forgot about this thing or this thing um, and then you can go about canceling them. It's okay to have some subscriptions for things that are meaningful, but it's so frictionless to sign up for a subscription these days. I bet you for a lot of our listeners out there, Matt, they have one that they forgot about or they didn't realize that they still yep. had and they're still forking over money for it. So yeah, make sure you dig through and cancel it. All right. Now for our last story, if you are listening right now and you get excited about credit card signup bonuses, it is worth mentioning that the Chase Sapphire Preferred card, we've mentioned that one before. It's really great. Uh, they are offering the biggest signup bonus in its history. You can make over $1,200 if you meet the initial spending threshold of $4,000 in the first three months. Uh, and this is one of the best bonuses that we have ever seen. And that's saying a lot because we follow these different welcome bonuses <laughs> that cards offer pretty religiously. And we do want to point out that this card does come with a $95 annual fee, uh, but it also has perks uh, that make that annual fee worth it for a lot of folks. For instance, this is one of the cards out there that extends the manufacturer's warranty, like we were talking about at the beginning of the show. It's a nice perk to have. Yeah. <laughs> one of my other credit cards actually recently stopped doing that. Oh, no so, way. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You need to 
get you one of these, baby. <laughs> uh, and here's the thing. You can always sign up for this card and then call Chase uh, you know, and ask them to shift you maybe to a no annual fee card down the road. If that's something that you know you find that you're not receiving the benefits from that card, you can always switch to something that's not costing you any money. And so we'll make sure to put a link to this specific card uh, in our show notes for this episode up on the website at howtomoney.com. Yeah, rich signing bonus. Always nice when you're signing up for a card. But yeah, if you're tempted to spend more with a credit card yep. or you can't pay the your big, bills. The big caveat. Yeah, in full, uh, on time and in full every month, don't get it. <laughs> but for those of you who say, I'm really good with credit cards, I always pay them in full and on time. And this signing bonus would come in really handy and I'm just going to use it on stuff I was going to buy already. Yep. Then this card in particular right now could be a great move for you. But that's going to be it for this episode. And Matt, as we're ending, we got to say happy Father's Day. Oh, that's right. To all, my dad, your dad. Yeah, happy Father's Day, dad. <laughs> and uh, to all the dads out there, we hope it's a great one for you and your families this weekend. That's right. So Joel, until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind listeners that most people don't belong to two gyms. They don't see two dentists or trust two auto repair shops. So when customers choose your small business over your competitors, they're really choosing you. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads. And in fact, that formula and media mix has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. And new customers receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the, the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.